Hello and welcome to the Emmy Awards. I'm your host, Emmy Cardinale, and this is my podcast where I talk about what I've been watching or re-watching once a week. This is the first episode of mine that you're stumbling upon and you like it. Please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts. It would mean a lot. All my social media is linked down below, so if you have any comments, concerns, feedbacks, critiques, anything is welcome. I am always up to grow this podcast and change the podcast. I just want to. I just want this to be as good of a product as I can make it. So if you have any anything to say, just feel free to reach out. I would love to hear your thoughts on my thoughts on what I'm watching, critiques you have of the podcast, anything like genuinely anything. If you take the time to listen and you have a thought about something that I made, that's amazing. So sweet, even if it's a mean thing to say. I mean, honestly, not if it's a mean thing to say. If it's like a constructive thing to say, that's great. But if you're just like, you're a dumbass, then like, I don't really need to hear that. But I feel like that's pretty standard on the internet, you know? Like you can be a nice person while still providing critique, you know? There's a balance to everything. You can you can give me feedback. You can tell me things that you think I'm not doing well without, you know, demeaning me. It's pretty standard, you know, with the human interaction, but... Anyways, I didn't mean to go on that tangent. This episode is probably going to be a little long because I actually have a lot to talk about. I wasn't planning to really talk about reindeer games that much, but I really like it and I found myself having a lot to say. So I rewatched episodes one and two and took notes. And then I took notes while I watched episode three that came out today because I'm recording this on Thursday. So I have like detailed notes. It's not like a recap because I'm not really a recap podcast typically unless I like label it a recap or I plan it to be a recap but I I do have notes so that one's going to be kind of long but I also have some other shows I want to talk about so I'm just I'm anticipating this episode to be a little bit longer than normal because I do rambles so chapters are always in the description so if you don't care about reindeer games you just want to listen to the other shows or you don't care about the other shows and just want to skip to reindeer games please feel free to hop around anything is welcome. That is why I have chapters because I love a good chapter on a podcast. Sometimes you don't really care about a topic, but you want to hear the talk. You know, I, I just, I think chapters are like a beautiful invention on podcasts specifically. You can like skip around. I love that. So I'm providing that for you. Before I jump into the shows I want to talk about, the last episode, like last week's episode, <laughs> I talked about Bachelor in Paradise and oh boy, has a lot of news broken about Bachelor in Paradise, specifically about the couples. <laughs> None of the couples are together. Like, not a single couple from Bachelor in Paradise has lasted. Eliza and Aaron, they seemed kind of up in the air. I think I said that, that the where are they now didn't seem like they were very solid. But they're they're not together. They, Aaron confirmed they're not together. I don't even think Eliza's commented on it. But they're not together. But the one that really got me, I'm not going to lie, is Kat and John Henry. I really thought that they were going to last. I'm not, I'm not even kidding. Like, I... I I didn't think that they would necessarily... I mean, actually, no, I did. I I always take everything with a grain of salt on these shows, and I'm sure I've said that many times. I don't know if I said that in the last episode, but I don't genuinely know these people and the inner workings of their relationship, and I try very hard not to ship real people the way I, like, ship fictional characters because they're real people, you know? Fictional characters, you are, for the most part, like, you're getting their story, Obviously, they don't show you every single day of this fictional couple's life, but like you get the main parts 
in a, a narrative. I don't know. It's just different, you know? Like, these are real people. And I think, like, public relationships specifically already have, like, this really weird pressure of everybody analyzing, like, them me together. And I think the added pressure and, like, parasocial, like, oh my god, a couple goals. I don't think it's healthy for you as a person shipping them. And I don't think that that's healthy for a relationship. So I just, I always try to have that barrier and that that awareness. But I did think they were a good match. They did seem genuinely in love. Like I, I felt good about them. And in what, what's come out since like their statements, it doesn't seem like there was any foul play. Not like that sounds, foul play sounds like, you know, somebody died. But like, I, I think they said something about career differences. Maybe like John Henry, like their jobs aren't really flexible and they can't move. I don't really know. But he put out a very nice Instagram about how he didn't regret choosing her and how the cat he knows is like a wonderful person. And it's not the cat that Bachelor Nation got to see, but he's grateful for the time they spent. Like it was really sweet. And I'm glad that even though they didn't work out, it seems to have been an overwhelmingly positive relationship for them. And I think that's all I can hope for for people, whether it lasts forever, whether it lasts a few months. I think a meaningful relationship is a beautiful thing to get out of TV. And hopefully they got some followers too. I followed Kat because that's my messy Gemini queen and I support her. And he's a Gemini too. Maybe I'll follow him too, but I, I wish them the best. They are no longer together. That one really caught me off guard. And then Kylie and Avon, this one I think was the first one I saw. And it was crazy because like the day after the finale aired, they like po- posted a joint Instagram. It was like professionally taken photos and the caption was something about like, if it's worth waiting, like, I don't know. It was like, okay, they're together. And then the next day, maybe two days after that, I don't know. It happened like almost immediately. Kylie put out a statement on her Instagram story being like, I in the last 24 hours, like I found out some, I don't know. And she said that there was multiple infi- infidelities. I don't know the ins and outs, but my my guess is probably because why would she have put out that post? Like, why would they have put out that post if they weren't together? I think probably what happened is maybe people didn't know if they were together or not because, you know, they're not allowed to say. So maybe girls who had like been talking to Avon or been with Avon thought he was single. And when they saw that he wasn't, they reached out to Kylie. I don't know. That's my guess because that, that relationship's over. Instagram post deleted. Bachelor in Paradise season nine resulted in nothing um which is really sad I mean I never root for couples to not make it like I root for people's happiness but like oh my god what a crazy they really need to do reunions for for bachelor in paradise they need to do in my opinion reunions for like big brother because they do have the like I know it's different because big brother is like a reality show with like a competition show it's not the same but I just think like it's not the same as a Vanderpump or like real housewives or even that's like the bachelor where they do the women tell all and the men tell all and even after the final rose like it, I know it's not like that kind of show but I think it would benefit so much from a reunion once everybody's gotten to watch the feeds it would be so interesting but i guess you know they have a good structure going maybe they don't need to mess with it but bachelor in paradise last season had a reunion and i feel like the tea 
I don't even want to call it tea because it's like people's real lives, but like the drama, drama and tea are not any, and any, like they're the same. People have drama in their real lives and tea. It's, it is what it is. Unfortunately, it is their real lives, but it's also like a TV show. So it's like weird because, but I don't know, but they should have had a reunion. Like talk about the, the drama. But anyways, that's my Bachelor in Paradise update. I would be remiss if I didn't mention it because my last episode was literally me talking about this season of Bachelor in Paradise and boy things changed and I needed to mention that. But anyways, okay, so the first show I want to talk about is the new Netflix show. I think it's like number one right now, My Life with the Walter Boys. I am easily like influenced. I talked about this last episode where like I saw a show called School Spirits and I was like, let me just watch that. Like I will check anything out. And so I saw My Life with the Walter Boys. It looked like one of those typical Netflix like it, it gave me kissing booth vibes, which I feel like they have the same producers if I'm not mistaken, but I gave it a shot. <laughs> I can't figure out if it had the, um, if it was produced by the same people, but it had very much those vibes where it was like not a very serious, like I, I didn't expect it to be like riveting television. I just thought it was going to be like a nice watch and it, it was, it was okay. It's like a worse version of the summer I turned pretty, which I know like everybody that, that I, I feel like that's a pretty standard description I've heard of it, which by the way, I never talked about the summer I turned pretty because it started airing right when the strike happened and I decided to pivot to reality TV. Should I do like a the summer I turned pretty in retrospect I had intended actually like right before this strike had started because season two was like planning to come out I was like I'll do a season one deep dive and then when season two is finished I'll do a deep dive of that but then I just stopped talking about scripted tv so I never did that should I do that what are our thoughts and let me know if you're listening to this and you think I should do that but anyways the summer I turned pretty the source material I mean I never read it but I have read like her books and she's a good writer writer like I, I think the the source material was probably better no hate to people who wrote like I know my life with the Walter boys like started on Wattpad and then it became like a book not that those books can't be good I just it the, the writing wasn't as good the acting wasn't as good it was fine. I do. It's like an easy watch. There, there are like a good amount of characters. Anyways, the synopsis is it's about this girl from New York, you know, typical city girl comes from privilege. Her mom is like a fashion designer or something. I don't know what her dad does. And we see her at like her private school, at like a dance or something or something she's planning. And then her uncle shows up and is like, like her sister's coming to visit her or something. It's the end of a semester. I don't really know. And her uncle comes instead and is like, I have some bad news. And we find out that her entire family was in a car accident. So she's now an orphan and her sister's dead. Like she, she lost everybody. And then suddenly she's in, I was going to say Oklahoma, but it's not Oklahoma. It's Colorado. <laughs> And there's very, like, you eventually piece it together because they, there's, like, a lot of dialogue where they explain what's happening, which, like, is fine, I guess. I feel like I could have figured it out eventually or, like, I'm just, I'm always more of a fan of, like, show, don't tell. But, like, we find out that she's moving in. Like, at first, I'm like, oh, like, who is she moving in with? We know she has an uncle. Like, why didn't she move in with her uncle? And then we find out that, like, in the will, her mom's best friend and and her husband were going to take her in. And they live in Colorado and they have like 10 kids and like eight of them are, no, nine of them are boys, which is why it's called My Life with the Walter Boys. But anyways, the reason it feels like the summer I turned pretty, but like worse 
is because the it's a love triangle between her and two brothers again, which I genuinely hate. That's my least favorite part of the summer I turned pretty. Like I, I like the summer I turned pretty. I think it's really well written and well acted and like well like it's a great product. I love the summer I turned pretty. I really enjoy it. But like the plot device of brothers being interested in the same girl or just like any kind of love triangle between siblings i'm not a fan i don't like it it grosses me out i just i i don't think it's necessary like why do you have to like the person that your brother like and i know you can't control who you like as taylor swift said you can't help who you fall for but like to me it's like they're not that falling for somebody is like a choice but there are actions you take that like there has to like i have in the in the like you you kind of like somebody but at least this has happened to me before. Like, you you kind of have a crush on somebody. And then you find out that either they're in a relationship or, like, you don't like one, like, something about them. And suddenly, you, like, you can put up walls, you know? Obviously, it's not a choice. But you don't have to spend all this time with somebody. You don't have to do, like, like, it's just weird to me. I guess. And this show is weird because they live together, right? You know, like now they're her legal guardians. So not only is there like a love triangle between two brothers, but like she also lives with them. I don't know. But this is going to be kind of spoilery, but like not super spoilery. I don't really care enough about the show to do a deep dive because it's just like maybe i'll talk about it more later but i did i did just have some general thoughts so if you've seen the show and you know who the characters are and you want to hear my thoughts on it feel free to stick around if not i'm not really going to do that much of like recapping i just have thoughts that i need to share and that's what i'm going to do so sorry um but if you've seen the show and you want to hear my thoughts stick around so i don't like cole and i I'm honestly, the older I get, the more I don't like characters in TV shows that are like boys in TV shows because 90% of the time it's like boys who are mean to the girls they like. I don't, I don't like that. And I know this might seem kind of questionable if you know me because I am team Jess on Gilmore Girls, but to me, and even I would consider myself team Conrad, for me, there's like a balance when it comes to somebody being an asshole and of any gender. Because not that any behavior like justifies it. Like if you if you hurt people, you treat people poorly, then you treat people poorly, you're hurting people. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. But like Conrad, for example, I didn't really even like him that much in season one. I didn't really like Jer- Jeremiah either. I was team neither. But then season two, I was like firmly team Conrad, which is funny because everybody who's read the books has said that like season two was going to be bad for the Conrad girlies. And I'm like, I loved him more in season two. But like the thing is, Conrad all of his like being a dick it's like not justified but it makes a bit more sense when somebody's like finding out that their like mother is like dying like that's a different thing to me like this Cole character is literally just an asshole and the main like his main tragedy is that he had an injury and he can no longer play high school football and it's like I'm not saying that's not a hard thing to go through but it's like kind of stupid to me when the like how am I supposed to sympathize with Cole and like feel like his issues are a justifiable reason to treat Jackie the main character poorly when Jackie's life has literally been uprooted and she lost all of her family she lost all all of her family her both her parents and her sister all at once and then she is uprooted from the only life she's ever known in New York nothing is familiar she's in the middle of nowhere Colorado with all these people she doesn't know adjusting to a new town how and I'm supposed to feel bad for Cole because he can't play football like dude you're in high school he's not even like a senior in high school that like 
he was about to get a scholarship and he didn't. He, I think he's like a junior, maybe like, I don't know. You have a couple years to figure it out. Even, even if you can't figure it out by then, go to community college, find another passion. Your life isn't defined by one single thing you did. And I get it. Like it felt like his way out, but it's just like, you're being an asshole to a girl who's literally grieving like her entire family and her entire life, basically. And I'm supposed to feel sorry for you. Like Conrad is a bit more sympathetic. His assholeness, it makes more sense. Even Jess, who makes plenty of mistakes. I'm okay. I am a Jess apologist, but I also recognize his faults. Jess, a lot of the moments that he lashes out, like, yeah, there are moments where he's just a dick and it, it he's just a dick. But Jess's life has also been like uprooted when he like gets particularly bad to to Rory at the end of season three, like his dad just came back into his life who like literally abandoned him. His mother abandoned him. Like Jess has just gone through a lot. This Cole guy is like, okay, he can't play high school. Like he got a football injury. Like every other fucking person I, <laughs> that that's an exaggeration. But like a lot of people get football injuries and can't play football. And honestly, in my opinion, like I get that it takes place in high school, but I feel like high school getting like an like an injury then to me that seems like a better time. Like it sucks nonetheless, but you're in high school. Like your future isn't set. You were literally like 16 years old, I think. Maybe he's 17. You have your whole life ahead of you to figure out what you want to do. To me, that's not like I, I'm not going to be fine with you being like a complete ass because you're sad that you can't play football anymore when the girl you're being a complete ass to whole family died does that make sense like there's a balance for me of like what context you know if you do something that hurts somebody then you hurt somebody and you should apologize and you should right the wrong i'm not saying that that excuses it but to me if if a guy was being an asshole to me i would want to maybe try to understand where he was coming from, like if something was going on in his life. And if he couldn't play football, that wouldn't be a good enough reason, especially if like literally if my sister and both of my parents died all at once and my brother, because I have a brother, I would be devastated. Like that, I'm sorry, that's insane. I'm not going to sympathize with him. I don't like him. And anyways, so she's like, it's like a love triangle between Cole, who's like the brooding, like whatever, typical douche of a typical asshole guy who's like popular and like plays football is a womanizer all that kind of stuff and then his younger nerdy brother named alex who alex i'm pretty sure is the same age as jackie while or maybe he's one year older and then cole is two years older it doesn't really matter to me they're in high school they're all around the same age alex and jackie this is a spoiler do go on to date they date at during you know he likes her, he pursues her, and, and Cole is an asshole who, like, has been... And not that you're an asshole if you're seeing the same girl on and off, like, all of high school. It is what it... Like, I'm not trying to judge him, but, like, the the stereotype is, like, he can't even commit to the girl who he's been seeing for, like, years just on and off, and they break up and they make up, and that's fine. It's high school, you know? But then she comes in and, and he like it just it's weird to me because I'm supposed to like buy into the fact that he suddenly like really likes Jackie. I like I just don't believe it. And I, I think she even like maybe brings this up a little bit where it's like is maybe she even brings it up to Alex where it's like she doesn't want to feel like the person who likes her likes her because of some weird competition 
with his brother, which is a very valid thing to be afraid of. But anyways, I like Alex a lot better as a character. Like he seems a lot sweeter. Yes, he is more my type. So I understand that I have some kind of bias. I think he's cuter, but to each their own. There's also just something to me in these love triangles. And I feel the same way about the summer I turned pretty where there's like different, there's a difference between like when you both have a crush on somebody versus like that is your ex or you've like Conrad and Belly like dated. Like they were together, you know? And then Jeremiah, like to me, that's weirder. Like it's weirder to me that Jeremiah pursued Belly, even though she had like dated Conrad for like months and they were together and it was like serious versus just like Conrad always liking Belly and then Jeremiah kissed Belly once. Like there are levels to this thing. So, so for me, and I'm not like somebody who thinks, oh, you dated somebody first in a love triangle. That means you're supposed to be. But when it's like your brother, it's like, it's kind of icky to me. And also Cole, like the one of the big conflicts between Cole and Alex is that like, a, like he's had a history and Cole says he didn't know that it was Alex's girlfriend because he was away at camp or something. Who fucking knows? It's weird. It's weird. I don't like it. I don't like it. But it's 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 over like overall an easy watch. There are a good amount of characters, like not even just the young characters. I feel like it's probably a good family show because they're adults. Like you get invested in the adult storyline. The mom's best friend who takes Jackie in. She has like very interesting develop like development. The teachers. The older brother. There's a character who's hard of hearing and the actor's hard of hearing too, which I love. Just, you know, great representation. And it's super casual too. I think that's a great way to do representation. Like literally when he's introducing himself to Jackie, he's like, I'm hard of hearing. So if I don't, if I'm not looking at you or it's crowded, like I might not hear everything. Great. Like very chill. So it, it's like a nice show. I enjoyed it. Season one ends on kind of like a cliffhanger of like, oh, whatever. It's an easy watch if you can tolerate the two brothers dynamic because honestly that makes it a little bit unbearable for me like that's really the only thing it's like not even that cringy it's in my opinion not super well written and not in the sense that the dialogue is like un like bearable or cringy or anything it's just it feels very standard like it's not like the summer i turned pretty it's like well written and belly's dialogue and like her voiceover like she says like such beautiful th like it's just it's a little bit different to me i guess the summer i turned pretty feels a bit more real this feels like they're acting which is not really the kind of acting i like to watch i like to feel like they're real people because i feel like that's the point of acting in my opinion as somebody who took a couple acting classes in college the thing that I always resonated with when acting was like I'm not Emmy pretending to be a character I am gonna do these actions and say these words as if I was the character to me that is what acting is 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 being the person and not in the weird like method quote-unquote acting which method acting is is a very misrepresented thing like it's not like people the way people define method acting now is not really where method acted originated but that's neither here nor there I took two acting classes in college and I think no I'm kidding I don't think I'm I'm, I'm that good but to me I, I lost my train of thought oh it, it's not like method acting in the way of like I am this character but just like when you're saying the words and you're like I don't know if that makes sense it made sense to me like you're just you're you're saying the words as if you actually lived that you actually felt that you're there which feels kind of obvious but like I don't know sometimes when you're watching performances it's like I that doesn't feel like 
that's you. Like it feels like you're acting and I don't want to feel like you're acting. I want to feel like I'm watching like somebody experience something. But anyways, um, it's an okay show. I don't know if I'd recommend it. It's like very easy to watch though. So if you need something that's kind of somewhat mindless, has interesting characters, people you can root for and root against, I'd recommend it. It's 10 episodes, pretty easy to go through. I, I finished it in like two days. Super easy watch. Not as good as The Summer I Turned Pretty. But you know, it, it it's not horrible. Different strokes for different folks, you know? Maybe somebody would like it more than The Summer I Turned Pretty. I, I don't see how, but I respect people's different... <laughs> opinions you know but anyways on to reindeer games which is probably going to be the bulk of this episode so i'm gonna go episode by episode i took notes i'm prepared i'm i'm jumping right in reindeer games is like a competition based show faster paced it's not like a week you know because big brother it takes forever they i think they filmed it in like two weeks maybe there are nine contestants big brother legends and then cameron and um from big brother 25 no comment anyways there are a lot of puns I like that. I liked that when they did their introductions, when the players like I'm blah blah, and and they talk about like what shows they were on before. They also asked them all. I assume because I don't think they all just said this out of thin air. I think they probably asked them all like, what does Christmas mean to you, or what do you like about the holidays? Because everybody in their drs opened with like talking about what the holidays means to them, which I thought was really cute. Julie Chen is not involved in the show. Santa like comes over the TV and gives instructions. The legends that are back are Nicole from Big Brother 16, 18, and 22, Xavier from Big Brother 23, Taylor from Big Brother 24, Cameron from Big Brother 25, Danielle Reyes from Big Brother 3 and All-Stars, the only real All-Star season that ever happened, 7, Cody Califiori, Cody Cauliflower from Big Brother 16, and then the winner of Big Brother 22, the Big Brother All-Stars, if you want to call it that, but is it really? Then Josh from Big, Big Brother 19, Brittany from Big Brother 13 and 14. Or what? No, she was on 12. She was on 12, sorry. Um, She was on 12, and then she went on 14. And Frankie Grande from Big Brother 16. I think that's the only scene he's ever done, which is kind of funny. But anyways, episode one, I feel like can be summed up with Cameron is a flop. I, oh God, I wish I, I, I was witty and could come up with a rhyme. Cameron's a flop. It's a fun show. Nobody eats slop. That, that wasn't funny. That wasn't good. I'm sorry. I apologize. But anyways, Cody and Frankie like decide to team up again because of course they do like Big Brother 16 for the win. I'm not saying that. I'm just like, that's the general attitude. We, we see in episode one, Nicole and Brittany squash their beef. beef. They are very vague about it. Nicole's like, I shared, like Brittany and I were friends. And then during All Stars, like Big Brother 22, like she had shared some stuff I said with people and they put it on the internet. I don't know. Apparently, I don't know the exact like ins and outs of this beef, but from what I have gathered is that in Big Brother 22, and I did know this part because I did watch Big Brother 22, Ian Terry, who won Big Brother 14, was on All Stars and he's autistic and a lot of the contestants were being very unkind to him about stimming and just generally like they weren't very nice to him i guess is the point like about him rocking about like they were just genuine like generally not very nice to him and nicole who ian had considered a friend up to then was not very nice about it like it, it was just not in my opinion the best in terms of the way they treated ian and Brittany is friends with ian because they were on big brother 14 together and they were really close on big brother 14 and i believe they are still friends today and from what i understand understand most of 
the anti-Nicole sentiment that came from Britney during All-Stars was in defense of Ian. I don't think it just came out of nowhere. I think it was mostly about Ian. So I'm team Britney in that regard simply because I like I I don't like the way that Nicole treated Ian. I don't like the way most of them treated Ian then and i don't know i i i as somebody who has like navigated inaccessible spaces and i'm I'm sure i've said this before when matt was announced accessibility and that kind of stuff like is a big big like thing that means a lot to me so it's not that i have a soft spot for ian it's just that i can't imagine like navigating a very inaccessible space and like big brother 14 if you think back to it like uh, people were like not super like I, I feel like a lot of the early hurdles Ian had to over overcome I feel like a lot of that probably had something to do with like social awkwardness or like I don't know I just I, I can't like Big Brother seems like a nightmare for a neurotypical person I can't imagine being autistic and like dealing like I just I guess what I'm saying is I really I don't even want to say admire because it's not that I just appreciate his win and I, I enjoy him a lot as a player. I even, I, I read an interview with him once, maybe I think it was right after BB22, where he talked about like his strategy was that he was going to lay low and then like do better in the end game. And he also said that he wasn't going to target anybody of color because they had historically had like less, like they had historically done worse because they were targeted early on and he wasn't going to do that, which I loved. So I like Ian. I like the way he talks about the game. I And the thing is, you know what's funny is I, I was a Nicole Stanzel. <laughs> Stanzel. That's funny. Do her do her fans call themselves Fanzels? Stanzels? I don't know. I think that's cute if they don't. Does she like do her fans call themselves something? I was a fan of hers. Like I, I was really rooting for her to win in Big Brother 18. I was really happy when she won. I hadn't seen her in Big Brother 16 because I Big Brother 18 was the first season I watched live. So I hadn't seen Big Brother 16. I had no idea who she was, but I was rooting for her. You know, they were like, she's a snake. And I was like, she's my snake. Um, I'm kidding. That That's me about Taylor Swift. If, if anybody is my snake, it's Taylor Swift. You know what's funny though? is or they called her a rat not a snake either way i liked her i liked her in big brother 18 and i was rooting for her i i think she deserved that win i will stand by that i didn't like her in big brother 22 and watching big brother 16 because i have now she was fine in it like she was she was a funny character i enjoyed her she wasn't amazing i think she she really like honed her game in Big Brother 18 and she did pretty well in All Stars all things considered even though I didn't really like the Ian stuff but anyways I didn't mean to go on that tangent I guess I'm more team Britney but I'm not really team either of them in the in the beef I think I'm more team Britney because I'm more team Ian but anyways Xavier Josh Taylor and then Danielle Reyes make an alliance although Danielle says in her um I, I want to call them ITMs because I'm in bachelor mode but in her diary rooms she <laughs> She says she's not going to be loyal to any of them. She's like, I'm saying that, but I'm not going to. Like, they've all won. I'm not going to, which, you know, good for her. Then Jordan comes in as an elf ambassador. There's, like, going to be three elf ambassadors throughout the season. So Jordan comes in. She's the first elf ambassador. And the first competition, there are three competitions in every episode. The first one is called the Naughty and Nice competition. They have no idea what this is at the time of explaining it. But all they know is that DJ Scroogey needs them to solve a riddle 
which like a riddle wow amazing an equitable comp who would have thought who would have thought that was possible certainly not me watching big brother 25 anyways they have to like guess dj scroogey's favorite christmas carol based off of clues which you know i was listening to rob has a podcast when america and Corey were on there and <laughs> Corey was like honestly like these are equitable comps in that like anybody can win but i don't know any christmas songs because Corey's jewish i thought that was funny which there's nobody jewish which i guess i mean i don't know what a jewish contestant want to play in big brother reindeer games would they be like i don't really know because they do ask them about the holidays and they're like this is what christmas means to me so but i don't know i thought that was funny because that's true like if you don't know anything about christmas you'd be kind of lost there was another christmas carol competition in one of the other episodes so that's that's interesting but anyways they have to like guess the song based off of clues xavier guesses grandma got run over by a reindeer which was really funny he's wrong but i thought that was funny because i love that song Brittany wins the competition congratulations to Brittany for being the first person to ever win a competition in big brother reindeer games congratulations a woman winning a competition novel the girls talk about how they need to stick together Nicole is like mad at Cody still because of stuff that happened in Big Brother 22. He cut her at the final three, which, you know, it was a smart move. Like, I understand why she was hurt. I don't know if, if, if more stuff happened after. They've, they've always, from what I've gathered, been kind of quiet. I, I don't really keep up with them, but they've just, they kind of haven't been friends since. But like logically him cutting her was a smart move because she had won before and i i don't know he he could he likely could have still won but not to the same like it wasn't he was like it was an easy win against enzo like it you know it was a good game move to cut her but i understand why she was hurt anyways she is still mad at cody which i love the big brother 16 alliance not happening for now britney wins the competition and in the competition you're like it's naughty and nice because you get to put somebody on the naughty list which gives them a disadvantage for the next competition and it's nice for you because you get an advantage for the next competition so she didn't know that when she won this because they hadn't had a naughty and nice competition this was the first one so they like she didn't know that she had to put somebody on the naughty list but she put cody on the naughty list it's a very minor disadvantage though and the next competition is called the jingle bell brawl so the, there's always three competitions the first one is called the naughty and nice competition then there's the jingle bell brawl and then the episode ends with santa's showdown so in the jingle bell brawl it was kind of like a strategy type game you had to walk across a balance beam and move all the letters from your from like one place to another and then you had to put those letters in other people's boxes so some people got more letters which then slowed them down because they had more letters to bring back and letters it was like a big cardboard like letter quote unquote like letters to santa type thing anyways so everybody targeted cameron (laughs) which was funny um may i just note here that cameron is not in any alliances He's, he's not in any alliances and, and i know the cameron fans will be like he's new like they just you know they didn't know him everybody else knows each other that's fair but from what we gathered and there are no live feeds so i can only go off of the edited tv show there were alliances made frankie and cody solidified that they were working together nicole and Brittany squashed their beef in the name of working together and like sticking together to like get the women to stick together because the men are like bigger threats 
Xavier, Josh, and Taylor, and Danielle, like, made an alliance. People were making alliances. People were talking, you know? And you know who who, who, who didn't seem to be in any of, of those conversations? Cameron. And I just think that's an interesting thing to say. I, I, anyways, I don't like Cameron. I don't like Cameron, and I won't apologize for that. I will not apologize for not liking Cameron. Like, I just don't, and that is my truth. And I think that while, yes, there's something to be said about somebody, like, just coming off of a season, and other people knowing each other and there's like different relationships. Okay, I will give him the sliver, like a sliver of the benefit of the doubt. But I think other more skilled social competitors would have been able to go in charm somebody and make some kind of alliance like i and i think maybe cameron was just too starstruck or i don't know i don't know what it is all i know is that he flopped and that's the truth of it okay that's my opinion and anyways <laughs> so anyways frankie wins the brawl not that many people targeted him and he from the beginning like he he, he was like i am putting an equal amount of my letters in everybody's boxes. So I'm not targeting targeting anybody. And I guess that worked out. Like nobody was targeting him. Taylor targeted Cam and Cody. Like a lot of people, just a lot of people targeted Cam. It was like easy for them. So anyways, then for, since Frankie wins the brawl, Nicole decides she's gonna change course. She's like, screw that vendor I had against Cody. I am using my Big Brother 16 card and riding them. Which, you know, smart on her part. Very smart. She could have, you know, held that vendetta she had against cody they haven't talked in like years because of it but she's a smart competitor competitor i will give nicole that okay for as many critiques i have of nicole franzel i think she's good at playing big brother i personally think she is but that that's just my opinion <laughs> but anyways once you win the jingle bell brawl you have to decide or frankie had to decide two people to send to santa showdown and the person that one stayed stayed and the person that leaves goes so because everybody targeted cameron in the Jingle Bell Brawl, Frankie's like, that's an easy person to send to the showdown. So Cam is obviously going, but then he's like, I don't know who else to send. And I want to send a strong competitor. And because he's aligned with Cody, he's not going to send Cody. So he decides to send Xavier. Xavier wins pretty easily. It was a <laughs> It was a puzzle. And Cameron started from the middle, which like, I, I guess is whatever. I feel like if you've ever done any kind of puzzle, the, the easiest way is to start from the corners and move in. He's like, I want to make the reindeer's face first. And I'm like, he, he, he lost. So while they're doing the puzzle, Danielle Reyes says something really funny about Caitlyn. <laughs> She was like, you guys are doing way better than Caitlyn. Like, okay, queen, pop off. But Cameron loses. Evil is vanquished. I'm free. Anyways, he wins a jam subscription. When you leave, you like get some kind of present and he wins a jam subscription, which honestly I think is a cool prize. It Maybe it's not the best prize. I know $5,000 is up for grabs, but you know what? In the wise words of Heist, I'm good for Cameron. And that's where we wrap episode one. In episode two, we open with kind of like some, like they talk a little bit and then they get to the, competition like we get a little bit of insight of the dynamics of the house we see Brittany saying that she wants cody and frankie to turn on each other frankie talks to xavier and makes sure that he's good with him since he sent him to santa showdown and he doesn't want him coming he doesn't want x coming after him if he i'm gonna call him x i know i've been calling him xavier but i don't think anybody calls him that but anyways frankie wants to make sure that he's good with x because he's like if x could send somebody to the santa showdown i don't want him to send me they seem good and then cranky carolers are like the the theme of the naughty nice competition there's like torn up sheet music they have to figure out the one song that they're all willing to sing and so again very christmasy i mean you didn't need to, they weren't all real songs you like you didn't need to know anything about the so 
songs in this in this regard because other songs like in the last one you literally had to know the name of christmas songs to get it and i don't think i I would have gotten it it was like up on the rooftop or something i would have never gotten that i would have never gotten that i would have been like is this um buy me presents by sabrina carpenter like i don't know i don't know many christmas songs i'm not gonna lie like i in terms of like those like i know silent night grandma got run over by a reindeer like i i don't know that many those classic christmas songs and even like if i know them because i'm sure like if i heard them i would know them i don't know the names like i would like i would not be have been good at that competition because i would have been like i can sing it but like i don't know what song and i i wouldn't have gotten up on the rooftop anyways this one you you didn't need to know the songs it was a little bit less you oh you need to know christmas songs but they had to figure it out and sorry i lost my track of my notes because my cats were fighting and i had to break it up they're fine they just one of them's a kitten and the other one is like an adult and she's like anyways it's that's neither here nor there you don't care about my cats and if you do follow me on instagram but anyways because the last naughty nice competition nobody really knew what it was so more of them were trying to win i think all of them were trying to win except cameron said he wanted to throw it which again proving that he's a flop nobody really knew what it was but because of the last one and britney having to put somebody on the naughty list a few of them were like i don't want to win this so you know it not everybody was competing cody wins the competition he his prize like his his benefit is that he gets to choose the teams the jingle bell brawl is going to be played in teams instead of individually like last time and he as the winner gets to choose the teams so he kind of talks with everybody he says something about which is like this isn't related to game but he says something about like i have bigger fish to fry and if you know anything about italians you know we like fish in the holidays and while i am italian ish my my last name is italian i like have an italian ancestry i don't really guess like i guess i'm not really culturally italian i'm like venezuelan and like that is my main culture so i don't know i also wonder because i feel like american italians have a different i don't know i just i went to, i was like is that i should know more about italians like the thing is i i like i feel like there's a different experience like a different experience of being like italian from like italy um then being like probably like a first generation like american who immigrated from italy and then being like an american italian where like you're italian but your family has lived here for like i think there are just cultural differences but i wonder if italians like in italy eat fish in the holidays or if that's just like an american italian thing and where did that come from anyways i just like i don't know i also wonder if like venezuelan italians like italians that immigrated to venezuela if they have some kind of it's just mostly i like i don't know it's it got me into this thinking of italian history and traditions because i am technically in some capacity although i I consider myself more venezuelan than italian at least culturally because i feel like most of my cultural traditions that i had growing up were more venezuelan than they were italian Um, but anyways that's again neither here nor there he gets to choose the teams back to the game um also josh is really funny in, in his drs like josh is really growing on me i didn't really dislike him in big brother 19 i will say i always thought of josh as kind of like paul's henchman like i didn't appreciate in my like i I don't think i appreciated josh's game for what it was i always just kind of thought he won because paul's jury management sucked and i think it's like it's not that simple i think that was a big issue like i like i guess when i was watching it i was like i feel like the vote for josh was more a vote against paul than it was a vote for josh but I don't know. I'm, I'm coming around to Josh. 
I feel like, you know, he got a lot of hate back in his season and he's growing on me. He's growing on me. I don't think I ever disliked Josh. I just like, and I did think he, he, I don't know if I thought he deserved to win. I think I was going to be unhappy. Like I, that season was just so miserable to watch. It was not an enjoyable season to watch for me personally. It's like, it has some funny moments in retrospect, but I didn't enjoy it while I was watching it. And I don't know, because I feel like if I watched it now and the same gameplay happened, I would view it differently. But it was like the second season of Big Brother I'd ever seen. So I just, I had way less of an understanding of the game, the social dynamics, like so many things. I feel like I didn't really love Big Brother and appreciate it the way I do now as a game. So I I feel like the way I viewed Josh's game then, if it was airing now, I would have viewed it very differently. And now, like, I don't know. I appreciate Josh, and he's funny, I guess. is I keep going on unnecessary tangents, but I knew I was going to. That's part of the fun of this podcast. But anyways, the Jingle Bell Brawl is like teams, the green team and the red team. And the red team is Josh, Brittany, and Danielle Reyes versus the green team, which is Cody, Frankie, Xavier, and Nicole. And I genuinely believe Cody would have done all boys if Xavier hadn't been like, hey, you shouldn't do all boys. And so he, he chose Nicole, which I think was smart on his part solely for like, I mean, the team didn't work out for him, but like, I, I don't think Nicole was the, the, the weak player in that. Like, I don't know if Josh being there would have changed much. Anyways, I'll get to it. But I think from a like strategic social aspect, I think choosing Nicole was a sign of good faith of like trying to squash their beef. I think I like beef. I think it was understandable and like not that stupid of a decision but anyways the competition i liked this competition too a lot of these competitions have been like not just how fast you are you know like they've been really really great competitions that i wish we had seen more of in big brother 25 because even the mental comps on big brother 25 it felt like repeats it was like you look at a photo and you have to spot differences running back and forth like how fast you are a lot of timed comps like there was little diversity in terms of the skill set you had to have which i I feel like is kind of obvious because the same person kept winning but that's just my opinion but it was a cool competition they had to like stack weights on on trees and there were four trees you had to do and once you had done one tree the next person in your team did the next and the losing team had to had like an extra tree i think it was a little bit smaller but they had an extra tree and taylor specifically was put on the naughty list so she had to do the tree but she finished it and by the time she finished it nicole wasn't even done with the first tree so like they weren't that far behind and honestly i think x really struggled in the competition not that like i i don't know I don't know if maybe, or even I think like a different order would have helped them. Like they had Cody going last and Cody would have been better at the competition than X. But I mean, at the end of the day, they would have needed like one, like X would have had to do a tree. So either way, I don't know if they would have won. Like I, I, anyways, but it, it was a very satisfying competition because Cody won and he like crafted a team that he thought would be the winning team and it wasn't it was just amazing to watch you know he counted them out and they lost but anyways also another side note random tangent sorry josh in his drs is talking about like dominoes comparing it to dominoes and then he says if you're a latino you know you don't mess it up in dominoes talking about like christmas and a parent and i was like i'm learning so much about my culture first i find out that because i'm italian i'm supposed to have fish in the holidays and then because I'm a Latina, I should have been playing dominoes. I never experienced any of this. Maybe he should have specifically kept it to, I think he's Cuban. I feel like maybe he should have said if you're Cuban. Because I, I, I don't, or maybe that is just something that a lot of Latinos do and I've never done that. But the, I found that 
surprising. I was like Italians, Latinos. I have, I'm both, and I've experienced neither of these things. I'm also vegetarian, though. But even when I wasn't a vegetarian, we never ate fish in the holidays. I don't think that's a. I, I, I don't think that's like an Italian thing that carried on to Venezuela. If it was like an Italian thing that then like translated to American Italian, I don't think that. But maybe, anyways. <sighs> I'm sorry for going on unnecessary tangents. <laughs> But anyways, the winning team is safe from the Santa from Santa Showdown, and they get to pick one person from the losing team to also be safe from Santa Showdown. And then it's going to be a three-person competition Santa Showdown. So last, the first episode, two people went head to head, and the loser went home. This one, it was three people, so the one person who didn't win went home. Savior feels pretty confident. He thinks he's going to be saved because he's aligned with most of the red team. You know, he he's in an alliance with Josh, Taylor, and Danielle. You know, the only person he's not aligned with on that team is Brittany. But they kind of decide that the smartest move is to pick Nicole because she's the weakest competitor. And because this show is competition based, and the final four are, are going to like just duke it out, not duke it out, they're gonna compete in the reindeer games. It makes more sense for those who are not as strong competitively to get rid of the strong competitors. So the people they have to beat in the reindeer games are people they can beat, pretty logical. So they decide to pick Nicole. Xavier's kind of upset about that. So it's Xavier, Frankie and Cody, it's like a, a, I don't know how to, like, descri- like I don't know how to describe the comp. Like, I don't know what word I would use. It's, it's, it's kind of like a mental comp. You had to choose gifts for, like, different kids, but then they had, like, dislikes and likes. And you have to make sure you got the right gift and all of that. Pretty good competition, again. Mental, like, it, it's not just how fast you are. You have to be like, oh, this person said, you know, like, it, great competition. Interesting to watch. I enjoyed it. Xavier went, like, rings in first, so he's safe. And then it's Cody going against Frankie. And they're, like, upset because that was their worst case scenario. But Cody loses. Frankie rings in second, and therefore Cody is eliminated. He opens a gift, and his parting gift is a fruitcake, which I've never had fruitcake, but that's a great EP from Sabrina Carpenter. This is my second Sabrina Carpenter reference. Who would have known? But I love that EP. I literally, I was listening to it today. That's probably why. But anyways, episode three of Reindeer Games. This one aired today. Again, the episode opens with like them kind of like a little bit of strategy before they go into the competitions. Nicole wants to work with the girls. I wrote in my note, has hell frozen over. No hate to Nicole. I just feel like she's kind of notorious for like working with the guys and using the guys as shields and like weapons to get her far. Like I, I have to say though, I don't know. There's le- there's there's levels to like the strategy of working with the guys because I feel like some women who work primarily with the guys let the men carry them and have very little strategic input. They're just kind of like I'm aligned with the right people and that's like all I have to do. Where I feel like Nicole does things strategically and it's not just like she's being carried. She has an influence on the decisions the 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 boys she's aligned with make. Like Davon literally called her like Geppetto when they were Pinocchio. Like, you know, th- there's like a level of strategy 
and influence that Nicole has, which is a little bit different than other women in majority male alliances. But nonetheless, I don't love it when the women work with the men because a lot, like the thing is, I feel like Nicole is the exception to the rule. Most of the time, those all men alliances, they're gonna leave you behind. Maybe one of them won't, like Brittany in the brigade, Lane said that he would have taken Brittany if he had won the final three, but he didn't. Like, it's just you have worse odds. Anyways, just I, I prefer when the women stick together. And I think this game specifically, and I think this is probably why she did it. It's smarter to stick with the women and get out the men because of the reindeer games. It's simply just who you can beat at the end. And so having the like big brother the main game is different in terms of strategy the long game the different dynamics like this one is very much like comp 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 and obviously like relationships help because you don't want the person who's choosing who goes to santa's showdown to be somebody that you're not aligned with or doesn't like you or is targeting you or all of these things obviously the show has a good amount of strategy to it which i was very pleased by but it's just it's a different format and a different game than big brother so I understand why she decided to like, why she's like, I'm going to work with the girls. But I think Nicole is like, she's willing to work with the boys if, if they need her. But anyways, again, an unnecessary tangent. Xavier wants to know if people have his back because they didn't save him yesterday. Poor, poor X every episode. He's like, I, I feel kind of bad for X. He's like, oh, you know, at the beginning of the last episode, Frankie's like, no hard feelings. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. And then this episode, he's like, does like honestly it's very interesting to watch him in this kind of format and wonder like i don't know because he was always in the like majority alliance like the powerful alliance on his season and not to discount his game at all but it's just it's kind of interesting to watch him play in a different setting but anyways nicole is worried about danielle reyes and xavier being close because xavier and danielle are aligned and danielle has like made it clear that she's worried about the competitions and xavier's like i'll keep you safe like i and better at the competitions, all make sure that you're not in danger. And they're aligned. Derek X is the next elf ambassador. The first two episodes, it was Jordan. And this episode, it's Derek X. So congrats to Derek X. Happy to see you here. Super exciting. Slay King, love him. X is really excited to see him, which is funny. It's really sweet. Love that. So the Naughty and Nice competition is the Christmas crooner. Some guy comes in and he sings a breakup song on the piano about all these things that he dealt with. And he doesn't know why his girlfriend dumped him, I guess, basically. And they have to figure out there are a bunch of words. There are a bunch of letters throughout the house. They have to unscramble it. It's a four word phrase that gives the answer of why. They're like not really figuring it out. And then Derek X gives a hint that the color of the letters has an influence. So they figure it out. Taylor figures it out and she guesses and she wins. So congratulations, Taylor. Love her. Taylor obviously has to decide who to put on the naughty list. The girls are feeling good because they're like, Taylor is a girl's girl. And honestly, the birds are chirping. It's a good day. It's a good day to be a Taylor Hale fan when the women finally aren't like girl's girl being used about Taylor, but in a positive way. I literally love that. And then Josh says to Taylor's like considering Frankie. And then Josh is like, you can you can give me the disadvantage. It's okay. And he says in his DRs, it's like a way to build like goodwill and like be fine. And I, Taylor decides to, to give Josh the disadvantage, which I think honestly was the smarter move. 
And I think she knows that too. I'm pretty sure she tweeted like it was just, it was a smarter move to give him the disadvantage. I would have done it anyway. And that way she's not on Frankie's bad side. You know, she's aligned with Josh. So sometimes it's better to like give a friend a disadvantage knowing like, hey, if you win, I got you. Like if I win, I got you anyway. So it's fine. You know, it's just, it's it's better to not make an enemy of somebody if you don't have to. And Frankie has shown that he can win competition. It was a smart move. Anyways, I love Josh this season. I have to say, like, again, in season 19, I didn't really like him. I don't, I didn't really hate him either. I didn't like that. I didn't like many people that season. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't remember a single person. I enjoyed, no, I really can't think of that many people that I, I enjoyed that season. <laughs> that's so, that's so sad. But I like Josh a lot this season. I didn't dislike Josh. I just, I wasn't really rooting for anybody because they all bothered me because of how much they were under Paul's spell. And it's funny because now I feel like as a viewer, I'd be like, Paul is an amazing player. Like they deserve to win. And not that I, I don't think Paul is a good player. I think Paul has a lot of faults that I'm sure they would admit to. But at the time, I didn't think of it as much as the game. I was just watching it for entertainment value. And I was just... It was really boring and frustrating as a viewer who wanted to be entertained for there being like no, like it was just not a fun season to watch. I was like, they're just doing whatever Paul wants. It's boring. It's annoying. You know, it bothered me. Now I can look at it and be like, kind of smart on Paul's end. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I like Josh this season, I guess is what I'm saying. Although I never disliked him. I just like him now. But anyways, the Jingle Bell Brawl is basically the tiny veto competition where their stacking stuff is kind of like the general gist of the tiny veto. And this one is a little bit different though because it's a puzzle that they're building and they have a reference image. So not only are you stacking things, you have to stack them in the right order in the right puzzle pieces. So it's a little bit, in my opinion, harder than the regular tiny veto because that one you just have to build like a... Like the sludge stackers, you just had to do like the cans and it was any cans. So, but it's like, it's basically the tiny veto, but they're, they're building a gingerbread man puzzle. And the advantage that Taylor gets is she got a two minute head start. And then Josh's disadvantage was the reference photo was not available to him for the first five minutes of the competition. So it was a nightmare. Everybody hated this competition. And apparently from what I've seen of them on like what they've said on Twitter is it was, or like just in lives or something, I don't know. All I've seen is that apparently it was like a nightmare. Like they were so, none of them were having fun. And none of them seemed to be having fun when they were talking about it in their DRs. Like it seemed like not a fun thing. Nicole rings in and they're like, your puzzle's incorrect. See, that's what I'm talking about where it's like she would have won and it would have been all good to go. And she won anyway, but she had to like undo a couple rows and then redo them. Like that wouldn't have happened if it was just the stacking, but there was the added element. But anyway, she wins and literally when Frankie goes to hug her, like they're just so happy it's over. Frankie says, thank you for ending that. Like they were all miserable. They just wanted the competition to end. I, I think they would have been fine with anybody winning. At that point, they were like, I don't even care about santa who who gets sent to santa showdown i just want this competition to be over but anyways santa showdown this time was a little bit different every every episode it's been different which i like they're they're making it you know keeping it the variety the first episode it was like two people battling it out then the last one was three people so there was some tension because one person rung in and you know and this one this one was an individual competition and Nicole got to pick the first person who competed. If they didn't complete it in the time that they were provided, they would be eliminated. But if they did complete it, then they, the person that Nicole picked, would 
get to pick somebody else and that person would have to do it in one less minute than the than the person nicole picked did it if that made sense so nicole is like strategizing obviously if you get sent into this competition you want to get sent in as early as possible so you have as much time as you need so nicole decides to send in a friend of hers so she sends in frankie and he completes it then frankie is trying to decide who he should send in and britney suggests sending Danielle in. Xavier wants to protect Danielle, so Frankie sends Xavier in instead. Xavier completes it. He only had four minutes and 30 seconds to do it, and he does it in four minutes and 16 seconds. Like, he's super close, and he is, like, pretty much decide like he's pretty sure that whoever he sends in will go home because he barely did it. So he sends Brittany in, thinking there's no chance she's going to do it. Nicole and Danielle are crying because they think Brittany's for sure going home. Like they're really upset. Brittany is really upset to be sent in. She kept saying like, there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. Please don't send me in. But she says in her DR, she's trying her best because she knows she's going to watch this back with her kids. And she wants her kids to see her try the best she can. And Brittany completes it. And she does it faster than Xavier too. Like obviously she would have had to, but he like cut it really close. Like he had 17-ish second, maybe 16, 14. I don't know. He had like less than 20 seconds left. And he like, he did it with like less than 20 seconds left on the clock. And Brittany rang in and she had like a minute and a half left. So she did it faster than him. And she didn't even think she was going to do it. She comes in. They're all happy because they were like, thank God Brittany didn't get sent home. Brittany's trying to decide who she wants to send in. Her only options are Josh, Taylor, and Danielle Reyes. So he, she's aligned with Danielle Reyes. She doesn't know if she wants to send Josh in because if, if like... She, she she doesn't know who she's going to send in between the three. And Xavier, she's trying to figure out... I'm pretty sure Frankie tells her, like, it had to have been Danielle who, like, suggested you go in. Like, she is the one who is convincing Xavier to send you in. Like, all of these things. So, Brittany asks Xavier, why did you send me in? And he's like, I was just trying to protect Danielle. So she kind of comes to the conclusion, probably based off of what Frankie said in conjunction with Xavier being like, I'm admitting that he is very closely aligned with Danielle and wanted to protect her. Brittany decides to send Danielle in and it's unclear if she genuinely thinks Danielle could do it. I think I, I, I think it was fine for her either way. Like I didn't think, like I, I, I think if Danielle had been able to do it, then she could have sent Josh in and like, like, I don't know. It's just, it, especially because Brittany has suggested sending Danielle in and Xavier like had stopped it. I think Brittany was fine with like I, I don't blame like I think Brittany is at fault completely for Danielle going in because it was her idea in the first place and and sure Frankie like nudged it a little bit but like I, I genuinely I think she was gonna sell like she was fine with Danielle going home she even said and I think honestly when she said this to to Frankie it was probably from like a place of self-preservation of like Danielle said she couldn't do it if you send her in and she's out then nobody else has to do it I think she just didn't want to have to compete because she didn't think she was going to be able to but she was obviously fine with Danielle going home and you know Danielle Reyes is a very strong strategic competitor I get it but they send Danielle in and the editing for this like broke my heart I didn't watch it live so I knew that Danielle Reyes went home I had to wait for it to drop on Paramount 
plugs because I don't have like a recording on my parents' DVR or anything, which is how I normally watched Big Brother. I just didn't do this because of my sister's not watching Reindeer Games. I think she might watch it when it's all out on Paramount Plus, but she's not watching it, so I don't have the recording because I I can just wait a few hours. So I knew that Danielle Reyes went home, so it wasn't that suspenseful for me. But if you were watching it live, I can imagine the anxiety because there's not that much time left in the episode. So she's probably going home, but they're showing. I didn't explain the, the competition. It's like a hamster wheel with like a puzzle. So you had to like move the wheel for the ball to fall around the puzzle for it to get to the center. And then when you got to the center, you would pull it out pull out the ball or whatever so that was the the but if you completed it the people inside the house would hear like um jingle bells but if you didn't you would hear jack frost laughing and so it like it seems kind of close and then it cuts to everybody in the house and you hear jack frost laughing and it's like really sad everybody's like really upset i know i had seen like the, the preview for this episode showed like all of them crying and it was sad I, I will say, like, Brittany is sad at first because she's, like, sent into this thing that she can't do. And this is all within the same day, like, off of the heels of the, the gingerbread tiny puzzle that apparently was, like, excruciating to do and they were all, like, exhausted from. So then on top of that, Brittany's really emotional because she didn't think she was going to do it. And then, like, nobody's happy to see Danielle go. Like, Brittany, I'm, obviously, I'm sure she, she would rather Danielle go than her or even one of her closer allies, but like she's not happy to send Danielle home. Josh is like really upset. Taylor's really upset. X talks about how his win and Taylor's win couldn't have been possible with Danielle. Like she like paved the way for them. And it's sad. I was really sad to see her go. She gets a gift as she leaves as they all do. And she got the one, oh my God, I almost had 100K. She didn't get the 100K. She got the 5K, which that's the only money prize besides the grand prize so i'm glad that she at least walks away with some money i wish that they had afp so i could get her afp but you know it's not like a standard season of big brother so i understand why they're not doing like america's favorite player because there's not like any second place prize or anything but that is where episode three of reindeer games ends i have no idea what happens in in episode four they don't show previews at the end of the episode of like next week or like next time on big brother reindeer games they show previews like sometimes the the social medias will show previews of like them crying like i saw and stuff like that but they don't have much indication of like what the next competition will be or anything like that so i have no idea what's going to happen next i want the women to be in the final four with josh okay because right now it's frankie josh x nicole taylor Brittany, right so i want josh i'd be happy if x went there but i just i feel like x has been in every single santa showdown and he like barely completed the puzzle i mean i don't know like his luck could turn around but i just don't feel like xavier is gonna make it to the reindeer games i like I, I don't think so i think unless he wins the next jingle bell brawl who knows we'll see but i think x is probably not gonna make it to the the games and i obviously want taylor to to go i'd be happy if nicole went and i'd be happy if britney went just because i prefer women to be there than men and then i like josh so if i had to pick a man i would want josh to be there but i don't really know i feel like josh wins the season i have no spoilers i have no idea literally no like i haven't even read alleged spoilers i did see that camp was the first boot i saw people saying that and i was like i don't know 
how much of this is like true and how much of this is wishful thinking but also Cameron being first boot just kind of makes sense like he's not that good of a player so that's that could have been an easy guess you know like lucky like you know so that's just kind of obvious Cam going first (laughs) but anyways I don't know why I think Josh wins this season but I I feel like he does and I'd be happy if he won you know I I would be happy if I obviously if I had to pick anybody on in like anybody on the cast to win, first would be Danielle Reyes because I think she's like the best one of the best players, if not the best player, to never win. She's amazing. I love her. I wanted her to win, obviously, because she's she was robbed in season three. Like, how good of a player do you have to be that they literally like changed the game mechanics to prevent the way you lost happening in the future? Like, they literally changed the sequester of the jury because of the reaction people had to like that that's insane like i mean like she literally paved the way for like all of them in terms of like the changes that she made to the game and the strategy that she like you know defined in a in a way that a lot of the early strategists did and obviously big brother like any good reality tv show has had eras and changes you know in in the game structure and the mechanics but i i just think she's she's a legend she's an icon and i would have wanted to see her win but of the people left obviously i love taylor and i'm always rooting for taylor but i don't know there would just be something really satisfying about josh winning a season where overwhelmingly the response i've seen is people liking josh and i would just be happy like honestly even if he doesn't win i'm glad people are liking him now just because i'm always not always because it depends on the person and was he perfect in in season 19 no but I'm, I I like a redemption arc, especially when the person hasn't really done anything that, that was like, I feel like, and I don't know because I wasn't watching feeds back then, but I feel like probably one of the biggest pe- reasons people don't like Josh is because they don't think he deserved to win. Like I, I, they probably found him annoying too, but it's like, what did Josh do that was so bad that made him like be viewed down? Like so many people, so many winners, so many alum like looked down upon him. Why? Like why genuinely? Was his season just like not that good? I don't know. Andy Heron has talked about like how because his season was so controversial, he was never really that included in things. And I feel like, and and I'm pretty sure he mentioned that like even like Josh Martinez has like experienced that too. So I don't know. I just don't like that kind of experience. And and I have a soft spot for Andy Heron specifically as well because he was the first gay winner of Big Brother. I think still the only gay man to win Big Brother or openly gay man. You know, people's sexualities, whatever. The only open, like the first openly gay man and the only openly gay man to ever win Big Brother. And I think although his season was obviously uh, like very fucked up in its scandals and racism, a lot of other seasons have had similar scandals that they just didn't highlight and didn't emphasize. And people from those seasons haven't necessarily been blacklisted based off of that and i feel like as shitty as season 15 was in terms of the racism and even and the homophobia and all of that i think it's kind of like nice that the person who won broke like history like made history by being the first gay winner like i just wish they brought him back more or like gave him his flowers every once in a while he played a really good like floater game i like andy heron but anyways that's neither here nor there those are my thoughts on the first three episodes of big brother reindeer games i will cover the next three i think the last i think there are three more episodes i don't know how many episodes there are 
but I think there are three. So I'll cover the final three episodes next week and maybe talk about some other show too. I don't really know, but I'll definitely finish my thoughts on Big Brother Reindeer Games next week. I didn't think I was going to cover it because I was worried. I saw somebody say that they were worried that Big Brother Reindeer Games was like testing the waters for a Big Brother without feet. And the thing is, I'm fine with Big Brother Reindeer Games being a competitive-based show because that's what it was sold as. Big Brother, the standard game, like this is a spin-off. It's not Big Brother. Big Brother within itself, the live feeds are what is what make it such a unique and phenomenal idea for a reality TV show. Like yes, obviously competitive reality TV is interesting regardless, but there's that added dynamic of like you are watched 24/7. I mean, it's literally why it's called Big Brother. Like it just it wouldn't be the same without the live feeds. And I would stop watching without the live feeds. But Big Brother Reindeer Games, you know, it's the holiday season. I'm not going home for Christmas. I'm trying to make Los Angeles, California, as holly and jolly as I can. Just me and my two cats and my festive Build-A-Bear axolotl that I got today. Trying to make the holiday season fun. And I love a good, silly Christmas show and I'm enjoying it. But if this was standard Big Brother, it would it would not be Big Brother. Like it's not Big Brother, so it's fine. But if they made Big Brother into this, I would stop watching Big Brother. And I stand by that anyways. Especially because, okay, this is like, a, like it's like six episodes. Like it's super short. It's not even like a quarter of the amount of, of episodes a regular season of Big Brother has. Like it's, it's just, why would I dedicate so much time of my life, an entire, like why would I dedicate summers to a show when it, like if it isn't the same, you know? This is like an easy, fun, holiday, truncated, spin-off version. It's not Big Brother, so it's fine. Because at the core, it's not Big Brother. We've been told from the beginning it's about the competition, so it's fine. And the competitions are actually entertaining. So it's it's been okay. I enjoy it, but if they make big, if they make this the standard for Big Brother, I will stop watching. But that's all I have to say for this episode of the Emmy Awards. Thank you so much for tuning in. This will be out hopefully sometime Friday, but maybe Saturday. I last last week I said this episode will be out Friday. I'm so sure of it, and it wasn't, and I was mortified. So I'm no longer making that commitment. This will be out sometime before Sunday, and that's the most I can promise. I am recording it on Thursday. Like last week, I recorded it on Thursday. So I was like, it'll be out by by the end of Friday at least. Like I it might not be out like early Friday, but it'll be out before I go to like before like midnight pacific and i just it wasn't because i woke up later than i anticipated so i didn't get much editing done before work and then i didn't get much editing done on my dinner break because america and Corey were streaming the humiliverse fight so i just like i didn't end up getting much editing done until after work so i just i i couldn't get it out i got it out in the morning on saturday so it worked out fine but and this episode's a little bit longer because I talked about like three episodes of Big Brother Reindeer Games and then I talked about my life with the Walter boys and then I, I rambled a little bit. So it'll it'll probably take me a little bit longer to edit. So hopefully Friday, maybe Saturday, it'll be out sometime over the weekend and you will hear from me next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please follow me wherever you listen to podcasts if you enjoyed it. Like and subscribe. Any Not like and subscribe, this isn't YouTube. It might be on YouTube in a few weeks. I don't know. I'm, I'm really slow in my... I've been uploading my back catalog to YouTube, but it's taking me a while because I have some video, I have some episodes that are too long 
to upload directly from the podcasting app. So I have to make them into videos and I'm working on visuals for some of them. So it's just taking me a little bit longer to catch up than I anticipated. But this will be out on YouTube at some point in the next four months. I don't know, three months. Hopefully not that long. <laughs> Who knows? But thank you so much for listening. Follow me over listen to podcasts. Like and subscribe if you're listening to this on YouTube in a few months. And all my social media is linked down below if you have any comments, critiques, feedbacks, concerns. Anything is welcome. And thank you so much again. It means the world. And you will hear from me next week. Bye, guys. Thank you so much. And happy holidays.